tonight. Susan Folkler. Yeah, it keeps getting better. Yes. It's just a good thing. <laughs> really good. No, it's a really good thing. Really, really, really good. Yes, it's just testimony to Jesus just is really into relationships. Really, really, really all about relationships. For between each other and within ourselves and with him. So why don't we pray? Because Jesus... We want to know you more. <laughs> and, and, and my talk tonight really is all about going deeper with him, actually. <laughs> Getting more with him, more of him. So Jesus, we do ask for that revelation. Revelation and experience, God. Experiential knowledge of more of you. More of you. And just that, that you have so much more for us than we have barely begun to scratch the surface. We know, God, that you love us beyond what we've even yet begun to fathom. <laughs> we, we have such a, a, a earthly you know, perspective on how big your love is, God. So I ask you, just take us higher. Take us higher into the just the heavenly eternal perspective of just how amazing your love is today for each and every one individually uniquely custom designed we, you want to be friends with each and every one of us each and every one of us you consider your special friend oh everybody is best friends with jesus everybody gets that special sort of place with him so God, thank you for whatever you're going to do and um, that you know each one of us inside and out already. But help us know that you know that a little more tonight, I pray. <laughs> awesome. So are we on, Matt? Thank you, sound team, for always being there behind the scenes helping us. Oop, I gotta shoot it over there, don't I? Hmm. That's okay. So anyway, I was going actually titled the talk tonight Going Deeper with God. How about that? <laughs> Cause, <laughs> Cause what um <laughs> I wanted to talk about is um, the way we actually do that is not kind of going out there somewhere to go find God. The scripture is real clear. The kingdom is within. We get closer to God. We go deeper places with him by getting more comfortable hanging out right here within our own heart. I know. Ooh, I heard a ooh. <laughs> We're going to try and deal with some of the oohs tonight. <laughs> My heart. <laughs> Actually, ah, there you go. Ah, let's turn the ooze to ahs tonight. <laughs> That's what God thinks about you guys. Ah, <laughs> there we go. You're his favorites, remember? Ah, even with our warts and whatnot. So he already knows all that stuff already. It is not a shock. Nope, it's not a shock. 
It's like, God, I woke up with a wrinkle today. It's like, yeah, all right. I saw it before it ever happened, so I'm not surprised. (laughs) So what I want to talk about is navigating our own hearts. How do we navigate our own hearts? That, for many of us, is not always a comfortable thing. We weren't necessarily raised in families that did emotions, for instance. A lot of us didn't didn't do emotions. Do not do emotions. Don't do anger. Don't do sad. Don't do a lot of those things. We weren't taught as children how to handle these things, which are actually, we got all those things from God. They're not bad things. They're just part of who we are. None of our emotions are bad, but we start thinking there's a problem there. And we start thinking there's a problem there. It actually can cause a distance, not just between each other, but between us and God. He doesn't think it's a problem. He just wants to help us understand our own hearts, understand our own self, because he wants to be in there deeper in all parts of who you are. Now, we know all the right answers with our head, right? We know that God loves me with an everlasting love, right? We always know that. Our head's always got the right answer. It's the heart thing, right? It's the day the boss comes in and fires you that your heart goes, I feel so worthless and useless. God didn't go anywhere, but in that moment, sometimes we don't feel love, do we? God loves you just as much when you've just fallen on your face and made a big mistake as where you're having the most glorious day of your life. But our feelings sometimes take a while to catch up with us. But there is a way that we can learn to be stay so present with God that we don't lose that connection. And we're all on that journey to learn how to stay with him because we all are going to have good days and not such good days. With God, everything, every day is a good day, just staying present with him. So, um, we do know, of course, we hear this a lot, we can go as deep as we want with God. Don't we? (laughs) But how come it doesn't work sometimes? That's what we're going to kind of talk about tonight. And what do we do about it if it doesn't seem to be working? So, when I was in um, school in a PA program, physician assistant program, some, some years back. What's that? Oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah. When um, a PA program some years back, um, my first rotation, you know, you spend your first year learning in classroom, kind of learning all the science stuff and the medicine stuff. And the second year was clinical rotations. And I pretty quickly figured out that I did not want to do surgery. That just definitely was not my thing. Um, my first rotation, you know, they give you a little bit of training. It's the way things are in medicine. They give you a little bit of training and then they just throw you out there to start doing it. So, um, surgery. Okay. I got, got it down. You know, you do the, the scrubbing thing for five minutes. You got to wash your hands up real good. You got to get the little hat on real good. And then you go into the OR. You got to make sure you don't touch anything. Okay. You can't touch anything. I'm clean now. I can't touch anything. And then the nurse has got to put the gown on and the gloves on you. So, okay. I remember that first day I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to stand. I just feel so insecure here. 
and I'm trying to do everything right and completely stay out of the way and, and not do anything wrong. The first thing she's like, you're, you're not supposed to do your arms like that when I'm putting my gown on you. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't even know how to get dressed here. Ah! And so I'm just standing there being, okay, I think I'm good. I'm good. I'm staying out of the way. And the next thing I know, she's yelling at me. Those, those OR nurses are scary people. She's yelling at me because I just made her sterile feel contaminated. I'm like, I'm so sorry. And then the next thing somebody comes in, you're going to hold cam today. I'm like, hold cam. Do I know how to do that? And it's okay. All you have to do is hold the camera and the doctor will yell at you if you're holding it wrong. Okay. I think I could just hold something. I think I could do that. So anyway, not my thing. Uh, no, 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 no. It's too many things you can do wrong and too many ways you just aren't standing straight the right. Anyway, that just wasn't me. And besides, I like conscious people. I like to getting to know people. <laughs> it made me feel very insecure. Kind of like, kind of like this very, very insecure inside. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. We, we all struggle with those sort of insecurities sometimes because there's something about us human beings. We kind of want to have our acts together, don't we? We want to have the answers. We want to know what we're doing. We want to know what the outcome's going to be. And when things are sort of open-ended, it can get kind of uncomfortable, perhaps depending on how much of a control freak we are. But, um, but a lot of us, a lot of us, aren't real comfortable when we're not quite sure what the outcome's going to be. Okay, it makes us just not want, not sure what we want to do. And that same thing can be true when it de- dealing with our own hearts. I'm not sure how I feel about that sadness inside. I'd kind of like to keep that puppy kind of shut down and way back there somewhere, right? And I'm seeing some heads nodding. Yeah, yeah. I'm not so sure that, you know... Those, those feelings of anxiety. I'm not sure I want what I, I'm not just going to make those things go away and I'm not going to look at them. God wants in on all that stuff. He really does. Those are not bad things to him. Those are just parts of your heart he is jealous for. He wants to come and be with you in those places because that's how things change. Is actually letting him in. And he's not wanting in just so he can change them. He's wanting in so he can love you more. Love you more in those places. Because that's just evidence that there's an area of your heart that needs a little more love. Right? Our head knows completely that we're loved. But there's, there's a little territory in the heart that's not fully sure. And having done lots of sozos and lots and lots and lots of people, I can tell you that's all of us. All of us are going from glory to glory, getting it deeper and deeper and deeper. That's the way it's supposed to be. That is not a problem. That is absolutely how it's supposed to be. We are discovering more and more who we are. We're discovering more and more who he is. That's the adventure we're embarking on. It's starting here, ground zero, planet Earth, for all of us, until we get to heaven. And I, th- I honestly think it's going to continue there. I mean, who could know God? Do you think we could ever know the fullness of God? Don't you think that is just going to, he's just going to keep expanding himself into us forever. It's amazing. What a privilege, huh? So the really good news is he wants to be with you in every single thing you do. This is a quote by Danny Silk. One of our deepest fears is if if we expose who we really are 
and are really transparent, our flaws will be made public, criticized, and perhaps even punished. So we put on a facade, we believe it is shameful to have problems or weaknesses, and we pretend we don't have them and do our best to hide them. We create distance to protect ourselves, and we build walls around our hearts. And I would suggest that is true in relationships with people. It's also true in the relationship we have within our own heart, within ourself. We wall off within ourself. And when we wall off within ourself, that actually keeps us distant from God. How many of you have gone through a season where you had this great time with God, great intimacy with God, and then something happened, and you're just like it came to a screeching halt? Yeah, I'm seeing a bunch of hands, just so you know. What, what changed? Did God leave? No, God didn't leave. You, he, he is bringing up a place inside that's kind of walled off that he wants to help you work through. He's not punishing you. He actually didn't go anywhere at all. You just didn't know that you had that thing there. And that's what's going on. Yeah? But he's going to help you. He's absolutely going to help you work through it. Last summer, while Russ was sleeping, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Russ spent most of last summer in the hospital, being very, very, very sick and close to death for a number of weeks, actually. Um, last summer, which was, it was very shocking because it happened like overnight, out of the blue, like, yeah. Um, I started discovering some things about my own heart that I hadn't really known before. And one of those things is I, I hadn't realized that, and again, this came from, like all of us, a family that didn't do emotions, hardly at all. <laughs> um, I didn't know how to really be tender with myself. And with Russ not there, I so missed that place I had. I mean, I missed him, but I also missed, gosh, that place I could receive comfort and tenderness isn't there, because I haven't known how to walk in that place within my own heart very well. And I'm still learning that. You know how you get really this great place with God, and then you're going, where to go? Where to, where to go? <laughs> yeah, it's still there, but we're not always comfortable staying there with it. Okay? But it's there, and we're learning how to stay more open-hearted and wholehearted in our relationship, and in walking out our everyday life. And I remember I kept saying day after day after day, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to feel. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to think. I don't know how to be. I don't know how to do this. <laughs> Never done anything like that before. You know, sit there at the hospital and in the, in the waiting room half the time, in the ICU half the time watching him breathe, <laughs> watching him be unconscious day after day after day after day after day. And you all were so faithful to pray and so faithful to support us. And it was pretty amazing. That was very amazing. We so needed that. But I know there's still places in my heart where I haven't learned to be fully present with all the time, but we're getting there. We're so getting there. I think one of the biggest miracles in the Bible is not actually a resurrection from the dead or something like that. I think it's actually some things in David, in David's life. Pretty miraculous in my mind. Um, Acts um, 13 says this about um, David. 
This is God speaking about David. I found David, son of Jesse, to be to be their king. He's the guy I want, God is saying, to be the king. A man after my own heart, he will do everything I want him to do. Now, I think I've heard it said that um, David was a man after God's own heart because he was such a great worshiper and stuff like that. And I really don't think so. I think this is saying it right there. He will do what I ask him to do. Now, how many know the life of David? He was not a perfect guy. In fact, he did some things that probably way worse than anybody in this room has ever done, right? I mean, not only did he commit adultery, he then arranged to have the woman's husband killed, right? I mean, dude, how how much did he have to harden his heart to be? This is Mr. Worshipper, and yet he was able to do these pretty awful things. But then, remember, when Nathan, Nathan, his, was his prophet, called him and said, Hey, dude, there is somebody in the land who did a very bad thing. He's like, what? What do you mean? What happened? What happened? What happened? We need to do something about that. And then Nathan said, you are the one. Immediately, immediately, David softened his heart. To me, that is like the biggest miracle of all. He went from being a murderer to softening his heart and falling on his face and repenting before the Lord. That's amazing. That's amazing. That just speaks of what a soft heart, tender heart he had before the Lord. Incredible. And then his son ended up, remember his son was born to Bathsheba. His son died and he was grieving as the son was so ill. But the minute his son had died, he finished grieving and he went out and worshiped God again. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. This man knew how to be so present with his own heart. And you read the Psalms. It's all over the Psalms. I mean, he, was, he had it out with God over and over and over. God, I feel like such a beast before you, but nevertheless, you are with me. <laughs> He's amazing, amazing. But that's what it is to be, you know, it's not about being perfect. That's not what this life is about. But it is being open and soft and available and yielded to God. That's how you get more God. Yeah? Yeah? It's not trying harder. It's not trying to make it all happen. It's about what's going on in this heart right here, opening it up and yielding ourselves to him. It's another scripture I'm going to look at, um, which I think this is also descriptive of David and David's life, that he loved the Lord his God with all his heart, all his soul, all his mind. And sometimes we hear that scripture and it sounds like striving. Oh man, must have to work real hard, like fast all day and pray all day. No, this scripture is saying all your heart. Don't love him harder. Don't pray harder. Don't try harder. It's just this little open up the heart a little more. Just open up the little heart. He wants into some of those places you didn't think he wanted to be. That's where he wants to go. He wants to go into those little secret places that maybe it's hard to even let another person into, even your best friend sometimes. Our little insecurities, our little worries, our little sad places, our little, I think, God's mad, God's mad at me places. I, I can't admit that to anybody. He's like, come on, I want to come in there. Just, I want to talk to you about that. I know you don't have the right answers. I know you don't have heavenly perspective most of the time. 
or only in part. That's kind of like our normal human existence. But we're getting it more and more and more. And he wants, and we can only get it with him. We can't do any of this stuff on our own, can we? David was really, really comfortable being himself with God. And that is what I believe made him a man after God's own heart. And it was his willingness to process with God that caused him to be obedient. Not that he worked hard or got it all right every time. Because he, he got it wrong a lot. But he was quick to kind of take his heart to God. It was like, can we check in about that? How, how's that going? <laughs> yeah? And that's what we want. We want to just be quick to check in with God about stuff. Instead of just kind of bulldoze straight, you know, ahead, full of faith and confidence. I know I know who I am with God and I know God wants to do this. He wants us just to check in and stay present. He's first and foremost relational and wants to be with us. He is jealous for our presence with him. But as is typical in especially our society, I'm sure other societies are like that, we don't tend to do pain very well. I'm in the medical field. Let me tell you, we do not do pain very well. Just give me a pill to make it go away. Whether it's physical pain or emotional pain or whatever else, just go away. It's got to go away. We, we, and we tend to learn these things up in our upbringing. So we tend to do things like this. Yeah. The ostrich approach. I'm fine. I don't have any problems. It's all good. It's all good. Glory to God. Glory to God. I am blessed and highly favored. I'm just fine. Yeah, I lost my house, lost my dog, kids left. What? But I'm fine. Well, God really does want us to be real with him, honest with what's going on with our heart. That's what he wants. He just wants our heart. He wants to fix our heart. He doesn't want us to try and fix our heart for him. He said, let me in, and then we'll work this thing out together. Our other approach, (laughs) we do a lot of in our society, looks kind of like that. (laughs) Yeah, medicate. (laughs) Medicate, we get busy, we get distracted, we'll drink maybe, I don't know. You know, we just, we get busy, we turn the boob tube on, we... Surf the internet for hours. We do, we can do lots of things to get distracted to avoid what's going on here. And then dang it, we wake up in the morning and it's still there. (laughs) But, um, again, it's, it's a way of dealing with what's going on in our heart. And God is so, I've got a better way. There's another approach. (laughs) One more. (laughs) One more. And this one is, <laughs> I want your stump, and I want it now. <laughs> it's mine, 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 my precious. <laughs> we don't. We weren't typically taught very well how to communicate about our needs and our wants growing up. A lot of times, we didn't even know it was okay to have a need or want, let alone talk about it in a civil manner <laughs> instead of going, mine, mine. <laughs> Um, we make excuses for ourselves. Wasn't my fault. We blame people. We demand our rights. 
when I was, <laughs> another story from school, <laughs> when I was, uh, I think right bef- right after the, the right before the clinical rotations were going to start, we um, were each assigned to a senior resident who was going to kind of teach us how to do history and physicals. And so we were learning how to do this, and we were assigned volunteer guinea pig patients who volunteered. They volunteered to be our guinea pigs to um, uh, let us go in and examine them and take a history and all that. And when my um, when the resident um, met with us each to t- let us know how we were doing, and he told me, Susan, I can see you can do really, really good work because I could see with this one particular patient you really took a lot of interest in them, and you just did a great write-up. It was awesome. But, you know, with this other patient, it just didn't seem you were nearly as interested and engaged. And um, you need to learn to p- treat all your patients with the same value. And the same level of interest. And I will tell you, <laughs> my little heart went, but, but you don't understand. I mean, this is what's going on inside for a little minute there. I got three kids. And I, I'm working all day. I don't know what else to do. And I got to take care of the house and the kids. And my, you know, I'm just crazy busy. And I have, there's not enough time in my week to do everything. <laughs> but I just kind of went, ah, he's right. <laughs> it was just kind of that quick. I knew he was absolutely right, and he said it with such kindness and such gentleness, and it was for my good, and I remember that over. Now, I haven't always been able to be that always attentive to have full integrity, but that for me was one of the best lessons, the one of the most li- best life lesson I ever learned was just a, that man had a word of wisdom for me, a word of correction but a, and a word of wisdom. And if I would have rejected it right then and there, I wouldn't have gained the value of that wisdom. And I will tell you, the Lord wants to be that present with us, speaking to us all throughout our days, giving us those little life lessons. Well, you could choose right now to make a lot of excuses and blame somebody else, or you could allow me in and show you how this could work. It's about the heart. It's about the heart. It's about what what we do with our heart. And I was just grateful, though, that he was so gentle. I suspect if he hadn't been, if that resident hadn't been that gentle, I probably would not have received his correction. But he was. He was, he was right. That was a God thing for me. The good news, our king sincerely wants to help us handle all of who we are, including our insecurities and including all those emotions you might not quite be sure what to do with. He knows how to help you. And he wants to help you. Our hearts are his garden. And his desire is to wander freely throughout the garden of our heart. Because to him, you are that beautiful. I'm going to read from um, Song of Solomon. His word to each of you. You are beautiful from head to toe, my dear love. Beautiful beyond compare, absolutely flawless. 
Dear lover and friend, you are a secret garden, a private and pure fountain. Body and soul, you are paradise, a whole orchard of succulent fruits. Ripe apricots and peaches, oranges and pears, nut trees and cinnamon, and all scented woods, mint and lavender, and all herbs aromatic. A garden fountain, sparkling and splashing, fed by spring waters from the Lebanon mountains. That's who you are to the Lord. <laughs> he just wants to wander around that garden inside. He finds you fascinating. He enjoys you. He likes you. Now, our goal is to give him free access, complete access to our hearts, so that if he wants to speak the truth to us, he wants to say something loving, we'll be available, we'll be positioned to be able to hear it and respond to it. We keep our hearts soft. We'll be able to hear those things. We'll be able to stay present with him. Like David, even when we blow it, even when we miss it, he'll be just as absolutely, completely present with us. The problem is, whenever we make a mistake, we tend to think we're a problem. We're less than. We're worthless. We've got to do something to compensate for that. Or if we have a negative thought or we, whatever, do something, we can be so quick to come to him just like that. He's not worried about so much that you, that you messed up, that you did something. The, the concern is that we stay away from him. That's the problem. Yeah. It's going to be kind of normal to kind of just do stuff some days that is less than who we really are. That's, that's our normal existence. It's staying away from him. It's letting that keep us from him. That's the real problem, the bigger problem. Yeah? And he says this to us again from Song of Solomon. <laughs> Come, my shy and modest dove, leave your seclusion. Come out in the open. Let me see your face, he says to you. <laughs> Let me hear your voice, he says to you, for your voice is soothing and your face is ravishing. He likes to hear your voice. He wants you to talk to him. The scripture actually in Song of Solomon actually says bleating. <laughs> it's not even voice. It's about like, you know, utterance or groans or voices. <laughs> Like we, even the nonverbal stuff is what I'm trying to say. Even that nonverbal stuff, you don't know quite how to get it out. It's like, that soothes me, guys. <laughs> I love that. You're my kids. I love everything you do. Just like the gurgle of the baby, right? A gurgle of the baby sends parents going, woo, woo, ga, ga, <laughs> And gurgle. Gurgle for God. He loves it. <laughs> so I want to talk a bit about cultivating our hearts and keeping our hearts soft. And I think one of the key ways we can do that is to cultivate gratitude, thankfulness in our hearts. I think this is one of the quickest ways. If you feel like your heart's gotten harder, just spend some time daily 
being grateful for who God is, being thankful for what he's doing in your life, for those times he's just, just spending time doing that, cultivating that will do an awful lot. Just like you got to dig up your, your garden to get the soil ready. Yeah. It's that time of year, huh? <laughs> um, get the soil ready to plant. So, so with our heart, we want new God to new, new things in our heart. We have, there's a participation we do to get our heart ready. Just learning to be grateful every day can do an awful lot to open up that up for him. And he wants to help us with that. I really believe that, um, gratitude makes heaven at home in our heart. Heaven is all about wanting to inhabit us. (laughs) And when we cultivate a heart that looks a lot like heaven, right there, (laughs) right there. God can do pretty much anything with a soft heart, a yielded heart. Yeah. We want to learn how to lean the scriptures talk about leaning, learning dependency on him. When we were little kids, this came kind of natural because we were kind of helpless. We needed somebody else to do lots of stuff for us. As we grow older, um, we learn to be kind of independent. John fifteen five says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much fruit. However, apart from me, you can do nothing. I mean, Jesus even said, I can do nothing. I do nothing unless I see my father do it because he was so into that relationship. Relationship. We, we can fully expect that God wants to be part of every single aspect of our life. That is his heart. That is one of his core values. It's all over the scripture. I want to be part of your life no matter the bigger parts of your life and the little parts of your life, it's all good to me and I want to be there because that's how much I love you. That's how big his love, his biggest, his love is so big that it is also infinitely small, infinitely personal. He doesn't want us to try and do it alone, embark to do stuff. I know uh, a lot of us have probably read The Shack, and one of the big things uh, that's discussed in The Shack is really the biggest problem regarding sin and just the things we do is our independence. We just we grow up and we kind of learn to be independent. And we're sort of relearning again that we get to be family with heaven forever. It's already started. Yeah? It's already started. We already belong there. We're already seated in heavenly places. We are part of the family of God right? And we belong. We belong. And nobody can touch that. We so belong. But we're still learning that. How much that we really do belong. How much we matter to him. Our heritage in Christ is to live completely carefree. Completely carefree. Yeah? not having to try and figure out things for ourselves. That is very stress-inducing. That causes a lot of anxiety. We've heard this scripture before, but I'm going to read it. Um, From Matthew 11. 
Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? And that is like trying hard to do the right thing. Then come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. So I, I just want to take a little minute here and maybe have you all close your eyes. And we'll just do, do a little listening prayer with Jesus. Because I know this is his desire for any of us, for all of us. If we're holding on to any anxiety or care, if there is anything going on inside where we are doing it alone and we don't even realize it, he would like to, he would love to come and be right there with you and give you insight and give you health, help and give you strength. So why don't we just ask him a little, ask him this question. Jesus, is there any part of my life I'm trying to figure out on my own? Why didn't I think you'd be interested? What do you want me to know about that situation? What would it look like if I invited you in? used to be a commercial said things go better with coke well things go better with god (laughs) everything goes better with god doesn't it (laughs) everything goes better when you know you're loved and you know somebody's care Eh, cares everything goes better yep (sighs) if you're still talking with them you stay there but i'm uh, (laughs) i'm gonna move on (laughs) so we really are I just love this picture. We really are this irresistible to to God. I mean, ooh, he just adores you. He loves you. Yeah. He thinks you are amazing. You are, after all, his idea. (laughs) God, God does not have any ego issues. Okay, he is really good, feeling good about his own created work. (laughs) No false modesty with him. He said, Jesus um, said this, allow the little children to come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belong 
the kingdom of God. We don't need to figure it all out or have all the answers to come to him. He just wants us to come right as we are. Just come. Come with your cares and come with your worries, but just do come. (laughs) It will go better. It will go better for you if we do this together. So we sometimes hear that um, it is our hunger, it is our yearning, it is our desire that draws God's presence. We heard that. Um, I think that's true, but I don't think that's quite how that works, to be honest. Yes, we desire him, we yearn for him, absolutely. But I don't think that's for his benefit. (laughs) I think that yearning and that desire within, you know what that actually does? That causes us to overcome our internal resistance to somebody outside ourselves, somebody we can't control, somebody we can't fully figure out to allow him in deeper. Because we all have kind of some internal resistance to letting somebody, we don't fully get in that close. But our yearning and our desire for him, you see, because he's already there. He is already there. The kingdom of heaven is already within you. And you're saying, well, how come I don't experience him more? He's already there. He's already fully there. It's because we have little pieces of resistance inside. Not in our head. Our head says, I want everything. But it's our heart that's going, ah, I don't know how much I trust. (laughs) I love him, but, ah, yeah, I do love him, but, ah, mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. And I want him. Part of me wants him and part of me is not sure. And most of us have some of that going on. But we allow that yearning to become stronger than our need to protect ourselves, what's going to happen? <laughs> He's right there. <laughs> I heard that yearning. I heard that hunger. I see that. I see that heart. You want me. You really do want me more than you don't want me, don't you? <laughs> That's what draws his presence, I think. Yeah? See, there's that door he knocked on when we first got saved. The scriptures talk about. But there's also those interior doors to greater and greater and greater intimacy. Yeah. You get married. You love each other. You adore each other. But you do not have intimacy, true intimacy on your wedding night. Intimacy is a growing, developing, relational, getting to know each other better. And the same is true for God. We just keep into deeper, deeper doors inside right as deep calls into deep and we were talking a lot about deep in the getting going deeper 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 with him during the worship and with what nori shared it just keeps going deeper with him as we just keep letting him in deeper and believing we can trust him more and more and more as we get to know him as we get to know him yeah (laughs) so i'm gonna paint a little picture right now for you in a minute. I'm actually going to put on some soaking music and um, just read some scriptures over you that sort of paint a picture of what this is, this place that God wants to inhabit 
within our heart. And I'm going to start with some scriptures actually from the Old Testament, because how many know the temple was a foreshadowing of what was coming in the New Testament with Jesus coming to say, it's your heart I'm after. The best they knew how to do in the Old Testament was, well, we'll make this temple and we're going to make it gorgeous and we're going to put the gold and it's going to be the most amazing, beautiful thing on earth. We're going to bring heaven to earth in the temple. In the New Testament, heaven comes to earth in your heart. You are his chosen resting place. You are. You are. You are his idea of the most holy of holy places. And that's what Jesus did for us. He made us holy unto him because of what he did. Because of what he did. He made us the most fit place on earth for God to dwell in. He did that for us. So I'll just, I'm going to, so if you want to get in a position of soaking or stay where you are, either way, I'm just going to start some soaking music now. It should be coming on, I think. Is it there? No, I'll go to go back. Oops, I went past it. That's okay. Matt will figure that out for us. Thank you. We are your resting place, God. We are the ones who humbly tremble at your word. Solomon, when he made the temple, he did all the work for the house of the Lord and was finished. He brought in all the things that David, his father, had dedicated, the silver, the gold, and all the vessels he put in the treasuries of the house of the Lord. And all the elders of Israel came, and the Levites took up the ark. And the priests and the Levites brought up the ark, the tent of meeting, and all the holy vessels that were in the tent. Also, King Solomon and the assembly of Israel who were gathered to him before the ark sacrificed sheep and oxen so numerous that they could not be counted or reported. And the priests brought the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to that place, to the sanctuary of this house, into the Holy of Holies, under the wings of the cherubim. For the cherubim spread out their wings over the place of the Ark, making a covering over the Ark and its poles. And when the trumpeters and the singers joined in unison, making one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and other instruments for song and praised the Lord, saying, He is good, for his mercy and his loving kindness endure forever. 
Then the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. But Solomon wondered what could possibly attract God to come and dwell in a place such as that? Will God really live on earth among people? Why, even the highest heavens cannot contain you. How much less this temple I have built. God's response was this. Now my eyes will be open and my ears will be attentive to the prayers offered in this place. For I have chosen and I have sanctified this house that my name may be here forever. And my eyes and my heart will be here perpetually. Now, under the new covenant, fulfillment came when the word, Jesus Christ, became flesh among us. No longer did they have to make sacrifice without measure. He is the sacrifice, the measureless sacrifice. Or everything anything that could possibly come between us and him was dealt with one time one day one moment all taken with him from death into resurrection anything and everything that could possibly separate us from him he took care of Jesus went once for all into the Holy of Holies, not by virtue of the blood of goats and calves, but his own blood, having found and secured a complete redemption and everlasting release. For if the mere sprinkling of unholy and defiled persons with blood of goats and bulls and with the ashes of a burnt heifer is sufficient for the purification of the body, how much more surely shall the blood of Christ, who by virtue of his eternal spirit has offered himself an unblemished sacrifice to God to purify our consciences. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. This is the new life-giving way that Christ has opened up for us through the, sa the sacred curtain by means of his death for us. By this fresh and living way which he opened for us through the separating veil of the Holy of Holies through his very flesh, we have such a great and noble priest over the house of God. Let us all come forward and draw near with true hearts and total assurance by faith, having our hearts sprinkled from a guilty conscience and our bodies cleansed with pure water. Christ is he who descended 
is the very same as he who has also ascended high above all heavens. His presence filling all things, including all of you. We, as Christ's body, then might develop until we all attain oneness in the faith and in the comprehension of the knowledge of the Son of God that we might arrive at completeness of personality, the measure of the stature of the fullness of the Christ, and the completeness found in him. May he grant you, out of the rich treasury of his glory, to be strengthened with mighty power by the Spirit in your inner man. May Christ, through your faith, dwell and make his permanent home in your hearts. May his roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how deep, and how high is his love really is for you. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is so great, you will never fully understand it. Then you will be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. You really are his idea of the holiest of holy places. This side of heaven. His dwelling place. His resting place. His secret place with you. That place between you and him to be forever He designed you. He crafted you intentionally. Custom designed you for himself. And that's enough for him. He has all the love you'll ever need. For both of you. <laughs> So I'm going to leave the soaking music on for just uh, another couple minutes. And um, you're welcome to just stay in that place with God. We'll have the ministry teams and the um, maybe any of the Sozo people who are here come up front in a couple minutes. But if you're just hanging out with God, that's the best. <laughs> he will meet you right where you are. So I'm just going to pray over you now. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For the new rooms. For the new places. For the new expansion work you're doing in our hearts. <laughs> to show us. 
There's a whole lot more room in there than maybe we realized. (laughs) And you want to inhabit it all, God. You want to inhabit it all. And we want you to inhabit it all too, God. (laughs) Maybe more than we really know. (laughs) So we do, Lord. We ask you to have your way. Have your way. And I thank you that we can count and depend upon you. It's going to be so much better than we can even imagine because you are so much better than we can imagine. You are amazing. You are worthy of all our praise, of all our adoration. You are worthy. And amazingly, you count us worthy of everything you pour out upon us. You are worthy. You are worthy of God's attention, of God's affection, of God's desire, because you're his. You're his. You're his. You're his. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs>